Hello, 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 6am run community, family, everyone who continues to support the 6am run podcast. Hami here. Thank you guys. As always, I start the show probably annoying all of you guys because it's all the same, but it's very gratuitous to everyone who supports this show. So thank you so much. And watching the listeners on the back end and the subscribers go up is amazing to see. So I just want to start off by saying thank you. Also, You guys all know we are brought to you, of course, the main sponsor of the show that allows us to do this is 6amrun.com. So if you're new to the show or just hearing about the show or stumble on it, definitely please don't forget to check out 6amrun.com for all your running or any cardiovascular nutrition needs. But as you guys know that the purpose of this podcast is a lot focused around all types of wellness, mental, physical, relationship, everything. And today we have a guest who is a podcast host of his own right. And his podcast title, I'm going to let Brad Carlson tell everything, but I'll just say, I don't want to mention it. I want you to say it, but your podcast's title was what originally was like, whoa, who's this? What's this? Wait, I love ice cream. I love sugar, but go ahead and and introduce yourself. And I always say you're your own best hype man. So go all in. Yeah. Appreciate you having me here. So my name is Brad. My podcast title is be well, be safe, be happy, eat ice cream. And that has a whole bunch of health and wellness wrapped into it. I guess the whole purpose of that really is to learn how to be healthy because that was my journey. I had to go from this idea of of couch to healthy and I didn't know how to do any of that. You know, I was just this overweight guy, about 50 pounds overweight and sitting on the couch with no understanding of anything. And so I had to learn how to be healthy. And that was the whole be well, be safe, be happy part. And then the ice cream, the eat ice cream part came along because I took it too extreme. Like I was too healthy at some point. And I realized that life is not necessarily all about that. You have to have balance in your life. You have to have fun and eating ice cream once in a while, you know, nothing wrong with that. Having said that though, it's also about uh, not just finding balance, but learning to have fun. Uh, You can be well, be safe, be happy, but if you're not having fun, if you're not enjoying the journey, then what's the point, you know, whatever you're doing. And so that's kind of the whole thing with the eat ice cream is to find balance and enjoy the journey. You say something that I've said a couple of times, maybe on the show, people who know this, I have two daughters. My wife was just here. I always say to people like Halloween through Christmas, the going trick-or-treating with your kids, the kids in Christmas time making Christmas cookies. That's like a big tradition for us. What am I going to like not eat the cookies that the girls make? Or You know what I mean? It's funny you ask that because I had a radical shift in my, you know, they say when you go down this journey, it's your mindset that mm-hmm. the way you think is a big portion of this. And I was very early in my journey. And I remember that I worked for public health and they had every day at the little, like you walk into the main office, there's a little table there off to the side. Every day they had cookies and candy and just mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. And I'm trying to start this journey. And I was actually in, in the midst of my triathlon training at the time. And every day I would walk in there and, and, you know, it's right there. So I eat some, I eat some. And then finally I realized one day, you know, I'm trying to become healthier and I'm trying to become a better athlete and all that. And I realized, well, if I eat that, is it going to help me reach my goal to be stronger, to be fitter, to be happier, Mm -hmm. to be healthier? And the answer was no. So now jump ahead about two years. I went to the extreme other side. It was at public health again for a Christmas party. And I'm trying really hard to stick with the healthy eating, the the vegetables. And, you know, I think maybe I was doing keto or something at the time. I don't remember. 
And it was an absolutely horrible party for me because I didn't allow myself to indulge in a piece of cheesecake or something like that. And it was just absolutely miserable. Yeah. And I thought, okay, you can be one side or the other. Neither one really works. So you got to find that balance. So to answer your question, yeah, absolutely eat a cookie once in a while or whatever. So Costco, right? Look, I know that there's a little mentality in you that's like, oh my God, it's free. Just take it. Right. But like, in that situation, again, to your point, like, yeah, it was free every morning or like Costco, a free sample. That's where I definitely think you should have some kind of self-will or self-control. You know what I mean? But again, with your family, with your coworkers at an event, if you go to your point, a buddy of mine, one time he was on a diet and we went out as couples, him and his girlfriend, me and my wife, he probably mm-hmm. knows if he's listening who I'm talking about. And he was on a diet and he just got a drink, like a small, small appetizer. And we're all eating And for me, I didn't enjoy eating in front of him. It made me feel weird. I couldn't enjoy my meal because he's just sitting there like staring at us. You know what I mean? And it was like, all right, dude, you got to eat. Like, I know you're on a diet, but if you don't order something like this meal sucks. So to your point, I'm with that. I think there's balance. And that's where there's got to be balance, right? Or then you don't go to those things. If you really need to not do that, you know, then don't go. And then let me ask you this. I want to back up a little bit. I kind of like starting with our guests a little bit more beginning roots. A lot of our clients and our listeners' trajectory, I just want to say this, and then I want you to tell me I'm included in this. We have a lot of like former, and I think a lot of times kids, they're running around. For the most part, kids are very healthy. Kids sometimes then progress into sports. A lot of our clients, consumers, 6AM run community members, the same story I hear is that, hey, up through college was great, worked out, then life hit, full-time job, kids, and it was like, just go, go, go. And the working out and fitness kind of became much, not even secondary, third, fourth, fifth dairy, right? Mm -hmm. Then they say they hit 30, 35, and they're like, I got to get back. I've let this go too long. And they started off, like I said, very athletic, very fit, went through that lull. And then now at 30, 35, they're coming back. That was my story. That's where 6am run starts. And I love finding out that I wasn't, and I knew I wasn't, but I love hearing that I'm not the only one. Can you start at the beginning of your story, Brad, and get to that couch back to fitness journey? Oh my gosh. How much time do we have? You just described me in a nutshell. Yeah. I was around 37, 38 years old at the time. I remember it very vividly. I was still married at the time. I went into my bedroom and was sitting on my bed and I had a huge, I guess the term is beer belly or spare tire or whatever they call it for guys, about 50 pounds overweight. And I just said, this isn't right. I was not uh, an athlete, so to speak, but I was very active all through college and even post-college. I did some running, but I did a lot of biking, a lot of swimming, a lot of soccer. And you're right, life gets in the way. Um, Kids, family, uh, work, everything. And our health and health is a very big word. There's a lot that goes with that, but it takes a back seat. So yeah, I was literally sitting on the couch, not healthy at all. And I said, I've got to change and to not tell my whole story because it would take too long, but a year went by and I didn't lose any weight at all. And so I had to restart the journey in November of 2010. And if you absolutely have no idea what to do, how to get started, you have to set an external goal. Um, And so my external goal at that time was to complete a 90-day fitness challenge. And so I was able to do that. But as soon as I did that, like literally within a week of ending that program, I gained 12 pounds back because I hadn't learned about healthy eating. 
So kind of what we were saying about the going out to dinner, I trust my journey and I have enough skills that when I'm out now, I'll just whatever everybody else is eating now, I just go with the crowd because I have enough skills and trust my journey. I know how to get back to what I'm doing in my healthy living and my metabolism is trained enough now that I can have a, a hamburger and bratwurst and a beer every once in a while. Yeah. Um, so long story short, to go from couch to healthy, you need two things and it's a journey to get to these two things. One is your meaning and purpose you know, why are you doing this? And that becomes your intrinsic motivation. Anytime you're externally motivated, that only lasts for so long, a week, a month, uh, 90 days, whatever it is, you have to find your internal motivation. And I talk about that on my website real quick. There's a pamphlet you can download for free. And I talk about how to find your internal motivation, your intrinsic why. That's the first thing that you have to have. And then you have to back it up with a healthy dose of determination and commitment and focus. You have to become the person that you want to be, not the person that you don't like. And that was the second part of this journey going couch to healthy is about two years later, I was in the middle of a divorce and I just realized, well, I've not been the type of person that I want to be. So who are the type of person you want to be for your spouse, for your community, for your kids? at work and focus your energies on becoming that person. Mm -hmm. So have that internal why and focus on becoming that person. Those are the two key elements to really making any type of couch to healthy journey last. Otherwise, you're just going through the wash, rinse, repeat cycle, what I talk about in that manual. My original goal was to finish that program and lose weight. And then I hit that goal. And then, you know, like I said, within a week of me finishing that program, I gained 12 pounds back. Wow. That's crazy because I still hadn't learned healthy eating. And then slowly, the first thing that came to me was my intrinsic motivation, my internal why, that higher meaning and purpose, I call it. And then that was backed up by a healthy dose of determination. And then slowly, I started to focus on the type of person I wanted to become. And it was no longer about losing weight. It was about being healthy. And then it just kind of took off from there. And then I just started to chip away at it and bit by bit. And then I slowly started to learn about healthy eating. And slowly, it wasn't definitely overnight. It took a several years to really rewire my brain and rewire my eating habits to where they're very sustainable now. So I can go out to that party now and have, you know, two or three pieces of cheesecake and some, a glass of wine or whatever's there and have a really good time and enjoy the party now, knowing that the next day I have enough skills and, and enough experience now that I can go right back to that quote unquote healthy way of eating. So it doesn't matter anymore. So yeah, when I go out to eat now with friends or with family, I'm eating ice cream, I'm eating hamburger and bratwurst, you know, whatever they have, pulled pork, which I had the other night, or sometimes just a green salad. But yeah, it takes time, but you really have to have those two key places in, in place, your internal motivation and that focusing on who do you want to be? Get a piece of paper out, write down, this is the type of person I want to be, you know, whatever those values. I want to be fit, happy, and healthy. That's what it's all about for me. You talk about 6 a.m. run. That's why I run. I run to be fit, happy, and healthy. I don't run to be fast. I've trained a lot of athletes, a lot of runners that specifically have a time in mind. They want to be fast. And if that works for them, that's what I coach them up at. I don't run for any of that. I run simply to be free, to be fit, to be happy, and to be healthy. And that's the whole basis of my journey is to be fit, happy, and healthy. And there's a bazillion ways you can do to do that. Running happens to be one that I sync with very well. So I do trail running now. That's all I do. I just go crazy on the trail. So anyway, that's kind of a, 
long answer to your question. I hope that helps. No, it's tremendously. I mean, let me ask you this, the motivation, right? Like I love the the story and getting to the motivation. One of the other things too, is I think as you hit 30 plus, I I think more 35, but I am a sports fan. I'm not no pro athlete by any means, but I do love sports and my daughter and kids do sports. And again, I'm, I'm a sports person. But what's funny is I look at when you hit that 35, 40, knock on wood, again, if we're lucky all enough to see the years of, you know, 75, 80 years old, right? You got to think like too, like, okay, so I'm kind of in the second half of life right now, right? Yeah. So with my second half, then you start thinking more of life and death things, right? Well, I do want to live longer. I do want to live more, right? So, well, what happens? Then I start in my mind, like, okay, this is wrongs, let's even say smoking, drinking, I think you really start to really analyze everything you're doing in your life and what is a threat to longevity of life, right? And if it's easy to eliminate, you do. I've never been a big alcohol person or smoking. I've never smoked anyway. I was like, okay, well, those things are out. So I'm good there. Then it was, it really became diet and exercise. I was like, those are the two things. And by the way, they're not I, my wife even says, I don't wake up every day and love to go work out or run, but I love the feeling after and that makes my day better. So if I can at least have those thoughts of how I'll feel after, it really helps. What are some motivating factors for yourself? Well, one, you just use the word diet and exercise. Those two words don't exist in my vocabulary. I got rid of those words a long time. So instead of diet, I say healthy eating. Okay. And instead of exercise, I say wellness. And I have a rule for myself every day now that I, at least twice a day, I get at least 10 minutes of wellness in. And wellness can be anything. It could be going for a quick trail run. It could be meditating. It could be reading something. It could be going for a walk around the block. It could be anything. But again, more to your question, the biggest motivating factor, especially if you're after 40, is focus on that person that you want to become, realize, accept that your body is older. It can't do what it did physically at 25. I mean, I've trained harder and faster in my 40s than I did in my 20s, but still my my speed and agility is still not what it was in my 20s, even though I'm I'm in better shape. And realize you have to change your complete mindset. If you do use the word exercise, again, one of my programs, I call it the slow easy If you're training specifically for an athletic type event, like a Spartan run, or you want to get a specific time on a mountain trail run or something like that, that's a different philosophy. That's a different approach. I train to be fit, happy, and healthy. And so the motivation comes from that. Most of my workouts are very slow and easy. Like I'll break a light sweat and that's it. And that's what is really key to long-term sustainability. Most people think exercise, they got to go to the gym and kill themselves. Nothing could be further from the truth. A, you don't have to go to a gym at all. No offense to all the gym owners, but there's a bazillion things that you could do just like right in your living room or just right outside if you have access to, you know, even a a walking path, a sidewalk or or something like that. Mm -hmm. So key to motivation is understanding that, you know, exercise isn't about killing yourself or anything like that, that you can take a very slow, easy approach to it. And that helps to keep it sustainable. That makes it fun for you. And when it's fun for you, you want to come back and keep doing more. So this idea of slow, easy. And then again, understanding that there's a bazillion, trillion, infinite number of ways to be fit, happy, and healthy. And you can come up with your own definition of what fit is. Mm -hmm. You can come up with your own definition of what healthy is, and you can come up with your own definition of what happy is. That's part of this journey too. And what keeps me motivated is I had to really sit down with my pen and paper and my notebook and say, okay, what do I mean by fit? What do I mean by happy? What do I mean by healthy? What is my definition 
that works for me. So anyone listening, yeah, focus on the type of person you want to be. It does not have to be exercise. It just has to be something so easy that you enjoy. I started stand-up paddleboarding last year. I absolutely love that, but I don't kill myself. When I'm on the trail now, I do a very slow, easy run approach. I took, you know, three, four minutes off my mile time because it's not about that anymore. Mm -hmm. Again, it's about longevity. I want to be doing this in my 70s and my 80s. I I can't tell you how many runners I've interviewed that are in their 50s or 60s that don't run anymore because their knees don't work because they trained at a high level for X number of years. They wore out their body. So a slow, easy approach is a huge factor in, in staying motivated. You mentioned you do run, maybe not 6 a.m., but can you mention a little bit for me the triathlon you did? Because one of the things I think that I love to really get out there with people is I think so many people say, I can't run a marathon. I'll never be able to do a triathlon. And what's funny to me is that people don't understand. It's tough to explain this, but here, I mean, I'm going to maybe do a long-winded way, but it's not about time. It's not about winning it. It's not about looking cool doing it. I don't think people understand like triathlon and marathons. It's genuinely about finishing it, whether you finish in that two hour record pace time, or you finish in three to four hours or five hours or six hours. It's about finishing. And the older you get, the more leeway you kind of have sometimes, right? Yeah, we place such a, a high emphasis in our culture and our society about winning and finishing, you know, on the podium, the top three, and, and they get all the attention. I don't train to compete. I train to complete. That's a lesson mm-hmm. I learned a long time ago from another mentor of mine. Uh, real quick, 6 a.m. Yeah, I used to be up at 4 a.m. actually in, in the cold, wet weather of Oregon doing my, my morning runs, you know, because your right. day is so crazy. So again, it's really about shifting a mindset. Yeah, a philosophy. It's not about competing. For me, it's about completing. I tell anyone that listens, and I haven't done any races for a couple of years, but from 2011 to 2017, I did somewhere in the neighborhood of 50, 60 races. Are you serious? Wow. And the only, that I should say also with the triathlons was uh, sprint distance and Olympic distance. I haven't done a half or a full Ironman. That's still on the bucket list. And I haven't done more than a marathon. Ultra running is, is still on my, my dream list too, to get that done. But again, it goes back to why are you training? What do you want your outcome to be? Your outcome for, again, if you use the word exercise, because a lot of people understand that, what do you want your outcome to be? That's very different than, oh, what is my goal? You know, my outcome with trail running is to be fit, free, happy, and healthy. And I can become fit, free, happy, and healthy if I'm running an eight-minute mile or if I'm running a 20-minute mile. It doesn't matter. And my body appreciates, now that I'm older, over 40, appreciates a 20-minute mile much more than eight-minute mile. My ego loves the eight-minute mile, but my heart, my spirit loves the 20-minute mile because now I'm more refreshed, I'm fun, and I can go out again the next day and do it. Right. So again, it kind of depends on what your outcome is. And then my goal with running, so I do have one goal in particular, is to be a strong trail runner. So I do work on some technique. I do work on some form. There's time where I will pick up my pace because in an ultra, I have to maintain at least a 15-minute mile on the trail to qualify. You know, you have to finish within a certain amount of time. So every once in a while, I will do that. I will bring in that higher intensity, but that's more the exception now than the norm. I can be fit, happy, and healthy at a 20-minute mile, or sometimes I'll do a 30-minute mile. You know, I'll sit on a branch and meditate for 10 minutes. I'm out in nature. Right. So taking advantage of those small things as well. I love that. And then what now the future as you get older and now let's kind of get into the podcast. 
as we kind of come into the fourth quarter of the conversation. Now, I think one of the best things we do as humans is as soon as we see something that works, we love sharing it with our counterparts and our peers, right? So what was the start of the podcast like for you? Where has that journey taken you? Memorable stories. I think you probably are seeing so many similarities. I'm seeing it. Can you now start on the podcast journey for us, please? So the podcast journey started, it was just a spark inside of me. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would say to anyone. Pay attention to what that spark inside of you is and listen to that and then allow it to guide you wherever it's taking you. So I, I can't explain where that spark came from or how it got there, but the spark was just inside of me to do a podcast. I like speaking. I like communicating. I like trying to get this message out to anyone that will listen. And then I was just sitting around one day. I, I used to work at a senior center, and I'm like, you know what? It'd be fun to have a tagline, you know, at the end of every exercise session just to tell these people. What could a cool tagline be? And then it just, I mean, it literally just came to me one day, be well, be safe, be happy, eat ice cream. For about three months, that was just my tagline with no intention for that to be a podcast or anything. Then about after three months, this was last, I think, October, I'm like, oh, you know what? That's the name of my podcast. And when you follow that spark, it's kind of neat. Things just start showing up. So all of a sudden, just one day, a friend who I hadn't talked to in years sent me an app that said, hey, if you're ever interested in doing a podcast, you could do this app. And I'm like, wow, that's law of attraction or whatever, I guess. But that just kind of showed up in my life. And it just kind of started from there. And back to one of your original questions, you know, how do you stay motivated and get healthy and all that? How you do that is you follow that spark. Right. So many people come to me and say, I want to train, you know, Coach Brad to have more energy. And the first thing I tell them is, well, stop eating sugar. It's huge. I'm learning that now, 40 years later. Yeah. It's, it's sugar. But go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. But if you truly want to have unlimited energy that is beyond any type of energy you've ever experienced, what is that spark inside of you and where is it taking you? Listen to that spark and follow that spark and then your energy. I love it. Because that, that spark connects you to what I call your higher meaning, your higher purpose, your higher calling in life. And that is what drives all motivation. So I lost 50 pounds. I've kept it off for almost 13 years now, 12, 13 years going on that. It's so awesome. My body is so, so programmed now that just doing any type of wellness movement every day is just automatic. It's like people, if they don't wake up and they don't have their coffee, they get that, that jittery kind of feeling. If I don't do some sort of wellness movement now, I get that jittery feeling just because my body is and brain are so programmed to do some sort of wellness. And do you find you also, as you get older, have to take more into consideration on recovery? Because obviously that's for me even big. Like I think sometimes yeah. if I don't pay attention to that, then it's like I'm out of commission for a longer time because I ignored a tweak in my back or I just, I didn't foam roll like my legs and it sucks. And by the way, because someone explained to me, I hate stretching just because it's long and boring. That's why you avoid it because it's long, boring, and it's hard. But you need to do it. And it's like, then when you get hurt and you're out, you're like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I was like giving you a long with an answer on that too. But what are your thoughts on your recovery now? Yeah. As you get older, recovery is definitely more challenging, but that all depends on how you approach your training and how you approach your exercise. Right. Again, I emphasize anyone listening, a slow, easy approach to your exercise program. Now that's, if you don't, understand what I mean by a slow, easy approach, you know, ask the questions, but slow, easy definitely helps with the recovery because you're not nearly as sore. You're not nearly as tired. You haven't tweaked anything mm -hmm. and you're good to go for the next day. So 
Recovery all depends on, especially if you're after 40, how you're approaching your workout. If you're running, what are you trying to get out of your running and how are you approaching your running? You know, if you're going for time and you want to run a 10-minute mile in a race, you should be training at about a 12- or 13-minute mile. If you're training at an 11-minute mile, you're going to have those aches and pains, and recovery is going to be a lot longer. Right. I mean, there's some basic techniques for recovery, you know, ibuprofen if people are into that, you know, Epsom salt baths, foam rolling, stuff like that. But the recovery really goes into that bigger picture of why are you training, what are you trying to get out of your training, and take a slow, easy approach to it. Slow, easy is the best thing. For anyone over 40 that I have ever stumbled onto that I could recommend for anyone. Because for me, like we said at the very beginning, it's about being able to walk and balance and leap and jump. And when I'm 70, when I'm 80, when I'm 90, and if I kill myself now, even in my 40s, I'm not going to be able to do that. You can wear your body out. I mean, when you're in your 70s and 80s, but a slow, easy approach once about every 10 days, I'll go the, you know, the hit, the high in intensity type style that you see in CrossFit and everything, yes. just to kind of jumpstart my nervous system and, and keep everything, you know, prime. So I'll go run some sprints or something like that. If you use the actual word exercise now, the type of exercise I do is much more real world based, like jumping and bending and twisting and carrying, kind of what you would do on a farm or a ranch, something like that. Because that's what the human body was designed for, in, in my opinion. But right. that's kind of a long-winded answer to oh, your question, no. you know, recovery. But recovery it really involves how you approach your training and why you're out there and what you're doing. But I would highly recommend the slow, easy approach because it's so much easier on your body. And I train to be fit, healthy, and happy, but I also do wellness or train so that I'm I'm still going strong when I'm 70, 80, 90. I'm almost 50 years old, and I'm going to be 50 wow. in a couple more months. And I'm healthier than I've ever been in my life. I'm fitter than I've ever been. I'm not faster. I'm slower, and I'm a lot slower, but I'm a lot happier. I can jump and leap and all that, you know, not as high or whatever, but I'm going strong, yeah. Let me bring it back to another thing, though. Let me ask you this. Okay. When you talk about happiness and you're bringing up one of my last couple of questions, but that's what I think also people don't understand. And one of the things that I'm trying to really also a message I want to get out there. I don't think people understand the mental clarity and kind of a North star that physical fitness can be. If you look at like the top CEOs in, in America or the world, none of them are really fat, obese, or out of shape. And also forget just doing physical fitness activities. These are people who are spending four or five million dollars on security, right? Because if Tim Cook or Elon Musk were to pass away tomorrow, the stockholders are worried that the company is really going to go bad, right? right, so right. These are people that are spending four million dollars a year on security to make sure that they're safe and they can work. So think about that for a second. And, and the reason I say that is your physical fitness at the center of everything is also for mental clarity and is also just for you to be your best, both professionally, personally, with your friends and family, all that stuff. And let me ask you that when we go back to you sitting on your couch and then to now, do you find you're in just an overall better mental state? Oh, absolutely. A thousand times better. And you use the word physical fitness. I use the word health. Right, right, right. And I talk about this in a lot of my literature. Health has to become your number one priority, more than your kids, more than your family, certainly more than your job. And when your health becomes your number one priority, everything else falls in place. Because when your health starts to fall out of place, everything else in your life starts to fall apart, not to mention medical bills and, and all that stuff. So I can't stress this enough. Your health journey has to be your number one priority in your life. It just has to be. 
And you have to find that intrinsic motivation to do that. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, I can't tell you how many people I've trained in there. I've worked with seniors for four years that are in their 80s and 90s. And they say, you know, Brad, if I knew now, if I would have known 30, 40 years ago, what I know now, I would have taken better care of myself. Of course. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. And, you know, the number one issue physical fitness wise with seniors is walking and balance. Right. And that's what I say. You don't have to kill your legs, but every day I walk backwards up a hill. That's an incredible strength training exercise that you can do. And it's not hard. You know, I'm walking, I'm not running. Again, a slow, easy approach. I do it once, maybe twice. That's not more than that, just depending on how I feel. And I've got some good leg training in for the day so that when I'm in my 70s and 80s, my legs are still going to be functioning at a high level. You know, so I'm walking without a wheelchair, without a walker, without a cane or anything like that. So that's awesome. Yeah. This was great. And I think our audience, if they were running to this, they're going to be pushed. They're going to be motivated. You did a great job right now, what you brought in here. Last words of sorts. One, where can people find your podcast, Brad? And two, any kind of last words that you want to just share with our audience and and what can they expect from your show? Yeah, you can find my podcast. There's a link on my website, uh, trainingwithcoachbrad.com. Just go right there and right on the menu bar, it says podcast link right there. Um, that's the easiest way I remember it. The actual podcast link is a big old long link that right. I don't remember. So that's the easiest way, trainingwithcoachbrad.com, and just click on it's the word podcast. And as far as, as last words of advice or wisdom, especially if you're over 40, find your internal motivation. Take a slow, easy approach. It's about being healthy. Make your health the number one priority. Reach out for help if you need it. There's tons of health coaches out there now, tons of life coaches. Spend the money on yourself instead of spending the money on on new wheels or a new stereo for your car or something like that. You know, make that little sacrifice for a little bit. You are absolutely worth it. It is absolutely possible. I don't care if you're a thousand pounds overweight right now. I don't care if you've been on the couch for 20 years. It is absolutely possible to shift your life and change your your life around. It starts with a desire and goes from there. You have to make a decision. That's the number one mistake people make is they don't decide to change their life. They think about it. They talk about it, but they don't decide. Right. That's the number one difference between someone who achieves something and someone who doesn't is they make a decision to achieve that. I've made a decision to be healthy or I've made a decision now to have a million plus listener podcast. So I'm, I'm at the very beginning, you know, in terms of my podcast, I'm like at mile two of a 50 mile ultra marathon or whatever. Oh, pun intended, right? Real quick. Yeah. Yeah. But I know the finish line is there. I know it won't be easy, but I know it is there, but it's absolutely possible. I mean, there is no impossible, only what's in your mind and start thinking on what you want to be and who you want to be. And that has to come from that spark inside of you. Anything that's external, you're thinking if it's an external, oh, I want to fit into a certain size pair of pants or certain size dress, that's great, but it's not going to last. That's not sustainable. Anyway, yeah, I sure appreciate you having me on the show today. Hopefully that was helpful for your listeners and and all of that. No, Brad, we're going to put everything in the bio here for them to contact you. This was very, very, for me, inspiring. I want to just personally, while we're on kind of this air or whatever you call it, it's not radio really, but I do want to tell you, like, please don't stop doing what you're doing. I think and why, like I said, I pinged you to be on this show. I think taking that message and sharing it, that's the sign of somebody that's a good person and and wants good and wants to spread good messages and good vibes, good words out there to people. And so whatever you're doing, please don't stop doing it. 
And I'm going to listen to a few of your episodes here shortly. And yeah. I thank you for your time. And we'll definitely, like I said, we'll put all your contact info. And these episodes, unfortunately, are two or three weeks out. But oh, that's fine. Yeah. I can't wait to get this one out there. So thank you so much. And I can promise you that the people either while they're running or we took their minds off of maybe the pain of a run and we're <laughs> hopefully going to check you so out. Please, you won't have that pain. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. So awesome. Thank you so much.